we're just trying to find ways to make an impact. Like they are, these places are making an impact on us. We're trying to make an impact on them as well. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Bender and Maloney are the dynamic duo that make up traveler broads. Together, they share domestic and international travel tips and help people find creative ways to interact and support local communities through hyper-local travel. Fender and Maloney are also enthusiastic New Orleans locals who know their French Quarter like the back of their hand. They've come on the show today to share with us their favorite tips to explore NOLA like a local. Hey guys, today we have joining us Fender and Maloney from Traveler Broads. Hey ladies. Hello. Welcome to the show. I'm so pumped to have you guys here. This is great. We're so excited. Excellent. So how did you ladies meet? Uh, Yeah, so we worked in newspapers together as a photographer, reporter kind of team. Um, So we were very well versed in um, doing that sort of thing. So like journalism and reporting and asking questions, that kind of stuff. Basically, it just made sense. Like we both travel a lot. We have the skill set to, you know, do to be bloggers and stuff. And so just Maloney had, was it a birthday? Um, well, I'll, I'll call it probably like I say my early midlife crisis. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was I was being a wedding photographer for a while. And I said, I can't no more. Too stressful. And so I basically I was like, I, I just want to go on a trip. I want to go on a trip around the world. I want to see the world before I can't do this anymore. And, you know, she's the first person I called because she's always like, oh, OK, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> well, and I was like already doing like freelance travel writing. And so it just kind of made sense. And it's funny to see how the blogs kind of evolved. It started with like us just like basically making fun of each other and, you know, putting like a couple tips here or, or whatever. But we've really lately sort of specialized in like hyper local travel as we're just being a little bit more aware of like how our actions affect people. So we're like, we try to find not necessarily the big hotel all inclusive, but like a local guest house or, you know, locally made, you know, boutique shops instead of like, you know, a chain or something like that. So we're just trying to get as much like support. Like we love these places so much. We travel and it's just like part of it is getting to know the people in the community and we want to be able to give like something to them, not to, you know, some big corporation or something like that. So I don't know. That's kind of like what the blog's about now. We've, we've kind of, yeah, this is Maloney. We really, we very much evolved into that. It's been about maybe two years since we like kind of officially had a name and mostly an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's just where we thought like the the making fun of each other comes really naturally. So we can do that (laughs) for and have fun. But then as we were traveling, we were like, no, this makes a lot more sense to like try and help people find ways to spend their money locally and what better way to do that than New Orleans? Because that makes the most sense. We know the most about New Orleans. Yeah. And, you know, and there's just like such a great, like hyper, like local artist community, local, you know, people here just, it's unlike any other place. I think your blog is so like, it's charismatic and also super humorous too. So you guys bring like a really fresh approach to travel, which I love. Yeah, we try to be funny if we can. Sometimes we try too hard to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the listeners who don't know, what does hyper local travel mean? Well, um, so, you know, we're just we're also 
still figuring that out a little bit, but we basically just try to find ways to interact with like actual people. Like I feel like you can go on vacation a lot and you get like a really nice hotel or you maybe even an all inclusive or you're constantly on like tours, bus tours or boat tours or something like that. And that's great. But like, are you really diving in? Are you really getting to know like the community? Right. Like super low key, like low key, just like living life like a regular person. Yeah, like just kind of immersive. And we saw that in places where like when we were in Morocco and you can stay at a guest house and like you feel better about giving your money to um, the guy's mom to do your laundry than to like go to a hotel and you don't know where any of that money goes to. You don't know if the people are getting paid living wages. Yeah. When we were in, um, we were in Jamaica and we happened to find this like great little spot on the Southern coast. And we were talking to um, the guy who ran the house that we were staying in. And he's like, yeah, you know, we get a ton of American tourists here, but they all stay at the all-inclusive. They stay at the big hotels on the beach. And those are all internationally owned. Like, none of that money comes in here. So it's like you're driving through Jamaica and the roads, like, you don't have money to, like, fix the roads. Actually, neither does New Orleans. Um, meanwhile, all of the all the money is just being, like, drained out of the community. And, like, we're just trying to find ways to make an impact. Like, they are... These places are making an impact on us. We're trying to make an impact on them as well. Yeah, and Jamaica is a really sorry. This millennium. Jamaica is a really good experience, uh, example of that because uh, I think American tourists, especially, are kind of taught to believe that it's too scary to not stay at a big hotel. Yeah. So we just didn't do it. And honestly, I wasn't sure, but Fender was like, "Oh, yeah, that's gonna be great." And it was. It was an incredible experience. And so now we can go and we can tell people, "No, this is exactly what you could do." Yeah. Right, right. And uh, for example, for me, when I went to Montreal or was it Quebec? I think it was Quebec. I stayed at a pretty much a bread and breakfast and the owner has had this uh, colonial house in his family for like a hundred years. So, yeah. And I actually found this bread and breakfast on TripAdvisor. So that is also like it's it's even if it's like in a TripAdvisor where it's like super big in terms of like you'll find a lot of big brands and big hotels, you can still find some really interesting and really cool like bed and breakfasts. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And it's, that's important, I think, for the, just the, the average traveler to, like, write those reviews because they mean something and they're important and people will see those. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, it's we're not, like, super sleuths or anything. Like, we find things through TripAdvisor and through all of the same channels. It's just, you know, you have to maybe dig a little bit you know, to find that special bed and breakfast or whatever. What are some other resources that you can share about finding more, like discovering more local when you're traveling to different destinations? Well, this might be a, this might be the food tour thing. So, oh, yeah. okay, there's one exception. We the first thing we do when we get to a new place. This is Fender, by the way. The first thing we do is take a food tour if we can. And normally, that's like one a guide who's very experienced, has like you know great food knowledge. We're you know and also great history, and they're you know very good at like pointing out like they know their town. They're like, Oh, you know, this place has been here for so-and-so this many years. And like, this is the history of here. And to have a person, like a person to person interaction where like they can help guide you. And it's, you learn a lot more than just about food, I guess. And yeah. And, uh, you get to enjoy food and drink. Yeah. Too. <laughs> uh, it's like a good way to just make a friend the basically the minute you wake up <laughs> like you could say i'll go to a new city and start a history tour but that's usually going to be a bunch of people and they've kind of got a script and we found in these food tours that the people like really there's just a lot of downtime and a lot of one-on-one time where you can ask questions yeah we had a, just one of one of a couple of amazing experiences but recently in cuba anna 
Anna, if you're listening, hang I know. <laughs> she was wonderful. She, and she gave us, she hooked us up with drivers for the next day and like all the rest of our things. Like uh, we're still in touch with her. We're like friends on Facebook. And yeah. It's a wonderful experience. Well, and that's a great, I mean, I forgot about Cuba, but like that's a country where the government owns and operates like all the big hotels and like all the nice, like modern taxis. And like a lot of the tour operators and all of this is through the government and the money doesn't really get back to the people. So we literally, you like make contact with one person and they've got a network. Like they know they're like, Oh, if you want, you know, salsa dancing, like this is the place to go. And she can give, she can cook you a meal and give you a lesson or whatever. And it's just a woman who's doing this out of her house. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's great. And we, neither of us speak Spanish. And I feel like we learned so much in Cuba about, you know, just the culture and their history and all of that just by making that friend that first day. Yeah. Talking to people, asking questions from locals. People love it. People, everyone wants to be the, an expert on something. Yeah, exactly. And it's also cultural exchange because while you're talking to the local and your tour guide, he's also, or she's also learning a lot from you as well. So it's like cross, a lot of cross-cultural um, exchange there. So I think that's a really great tip. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's um, There's a lot of responsibility as an American traveling overseas yeah. right now. All right. So let's let's go actually down south to New Orleans. And I want to talk a little bit about your French Quarter off the record map. Can you describe to us what have you created and why is it such a great resource for people who want to visit New Orleans? Yeah, this is Maloney. And actually, speaking back to Cuba is really when this idea struck the, the, the close to home. Um down there, we couldn't use our cell phones to get around. And I actually had a really hard time with that. I'm just so attached to that and used to it. Um, and we found somebody that had made sort of a map like this and uh, where you could, um, it's a physical map. You unfold it, you read things, you make notes on it. It's such an old school concept, but it was so helpful and so handy. And I just loved having that feel and like to, to point things out, especially in different languages, you can like point to a map and say, where is this? Um, and so we're like, we can do that when we get home. and. I actually live in the French Quarter, and so it's a very, it's a nice little grid. It's a, it's a smallish area. Uh, it's easy to manage. I know it incredibly well. <laughs> and so we got with a design team. That was awesome. They're called Ohi. I hope you're listening, Ohi. Shout out. <laughs> They're fantastic. Yeah. Artists. We were like, you guys do great work. Um, can you do this part of it and make it look cool? And so we just like like got it going as quick as we could and um, get it into the hand. We got like the stores that we like the most that are lo owned by locals and um, to tell people to go there. Like it's shopping, it's eating, it's drinking, going to bars, drinking venues, that kind of thing. Stuff that places that locals go to. And then we've got the, 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 the retail shops carrying the map in the shop. So it's like they're getting promoted and then we're getting cross promoted back. Yeah. Well, and I feel this is Fender. I feel like, um, you can drop into a city and, and just be a tourist the whole time. And that's not like a bad thing. I do it. We, you know, everyone's done it, but in a place like new Orleans, it's just so much better to drop in and be a local. Like the, it's a night and day difference. And we just kind of wanted to give that to people, like let them know like what the French quarter is like, when you live here and when you like love this place and it, you know, so we don't have things like, you know, Jackson square and the things that are like sort of the obvious hit list. Cause we figure people are going to go do that on their own. We wanted to give them something that was more, a little bit more in depth, I guess. And it's like, it takes you a minute to get 
into sort of the vibe of a city, right? And so, like, we're just trying to give people a shortcut. <laughs> um, the off-the-record map, we have it for sale on, um, well, there's a link through our website, which is travelerbroads.com. And then we've got it, um, the Ohi are design partners, uh, sell it through their website as well. And it's ohi.co. And then there are a couple of, um, so that's why, yeah, do that. If you, before you come before to New Orleans, come. order oh, yeah. that, we'll get it to you as quick as possible. Yeah. But if you've already come, um, on a, go to our website too. And we've got, uh, about seven stores that, that are carrying it. And we, if you're staying at a NOLA hotel group hotel, uh, they just made a big purchase to um, put these in the rooms and, and make these available to guests. So they're also available there. And now we're working on volume two. Yeah, that's super exciting, ladies. All right. So what do you think as locals makes New Orleans such a unique travel destination? Well, you know, uh, New York Times just named it the number one travel destination in 2018. <laughs> we just celebrated our tricentennial, which is pretty exciting. Uh, there's uh, 300 years of weirdness here. Uh, it's it's really cute when cities like Austin and Portland want to keep themselves weird because we are the original weird. <laughs> um, it's great. Uh, everyone here is living their life and having fun. Uh, le- wait, let the good times roll. And there's just a real feeling of having fun here. Uh, even people that live here, even people going to work every day. Yeah. I feel like that's a great point. I, even the people you're running into on the street, like they live in the quarter for a reason. Like people live in New Orleans for a reason. And everyone's just kind of, like you said, like having a good time here for the party, you know, magic things just like happen when you're walking around the streets, you know, there's like music playing on Royal and you run into a friend that you didn't know was even in town and you lose an afternoon, you know, drinking bottomless mimosas and looking over Jackson square. It's like parties just coalesce here. And it's just kind of, it's, it's tough to really put your finger on, but I feel like it's something people leave here and New Orleans just always have like a spot in their heart. There's nothing wrong with coming here and just partying because yeah. it's like a very social experience and it's and you're, and history is all around you. If you go to Vegas and just party, I don't know, you're partying in like an artificial made up like world yeah. in the desert. Here you're partying through 300 years of history. Uh, we have just diversity in food and people. Uh, we call ourselves the northernmost Caribbean, part of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we're the most European city. Certainly it's like, it's not like America. And especially if you come from another country, you should see New York and San Francisco and then come to New Orleans. Cause it's a lot different. I, I definitely agree. I remember when I visited New Orleans, there's just this charm that's just different and it's everywhere. And like you said, at any moment, something could be happening and it's super exciting. So I definitely recommend visiting New Orleans too. So what are some of the things that you think tourists overlook when they're planning their trip to New Orleans? Well, probably leaving the French Quarter, Yeah, which uh, we don't have the full city map yet, but that's something we'd like to work on. Um, but there's there's a lot more to it. You could just walk around here and there's really nothing wrong with just being here because there's so much to see. But we have rich and interesting and different neighborhoods all around. Yeah. It's, um, you know, just next door to the French Quarter is, this is Fender, by the way, um, is a neighborhood called the Marigny and they've got you know, 22 music venues and a two block stretch on Frenchman street. There's like in, an interesting corridor of like, um, you know, I guess, well, how would you describe like always and hi ho? Like those are more like sort of like 
local, like independent type yeah, uh, like venues a- that have like quirky shows, like burlesque and drag shows. Dirty, and- interesting, kind of like qu- like queer centric, like very exciting things happening. Yeah. And then like, you know, a 10 minute uh, streetcar ride. I mean, if you can catch a streetcar, they don't really run on time here. Um, up to uh, the lower garden district, you know, there's like blocks and six, I think it's like six miles of shopping and it's all like cute boutique, you know, get your macaroon and your, you know, cute vintage dress from new Orleans. And it's just like, I think if you've got more than two days in the city, you, you really need to plan to leave the French quarter. And if you have an entire week, you could definitely do it here. But a lot of people say, I want to eat all the food. I want to eat the, the Creole and Cajun food. But Cajun isn't really a New Orleans thing. And it's if you can get a few hours out of town, like to Lafayette, um, you can experience Cajun culture. And that's a whole different oh. world and wonderful on its own. Yeah, that's like it is. It's funny how much of a world apart Lafayette is from New Orleans. Excellent. I love that. So you can totally do like mainstream things, but also head out and try to discover other places as well. Yeah, exactly. You need more than one trip. Come back to us. So if you're on a budget, what are some ways that you can save money in the city? Uh, Well, first of all, I would say it's really important to look at the map because we have festivals constantly. Like right now, even though it's summer, we have Southern Decadence, uh, which is almost 50-year-old sort of pride celebration, which is so exciting and so fun. But when things like that are going on, if you accidentally come during Jazz Fest, your just prices are going to skyrocket. Yeah. You're not going to be able to get into restaurants. Things change. So look at your calendar first. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's just like um, lodging and all of that gets, I would say Jazz Fest, Mardi Gras, Halloween and Voodoo has, there's like a price jump. Uh, Essence. Essence and decadence are probably the big ones to look out for. French Quarter Fest, maybe? I don't know. That might You might be able for to get sure. that. We also are allowed to drink on the streets, which I'm sure everyone knows about. So if you go to the grocery store or the corner store and get, it, get your alcohol in your mixer, you never have to walk into a bar. Yeah. Well, and I will say that... Um, so the corner stores are like for your supplies and stuff are going to be maybe a little expensive. Like if you need to get groceries there, but if you need to get like snacks there, they're actually pretty reasonable. Like there's a place just around the corner from Maloney's that does like some fantastic red beans and we regularly get that and it's five bucks and it's two meals. So, you know, there are definitely ways uh, to sort of find your spots. And, and that place is on our map too. Yeah. Oh, that is on our map. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think are the best spots or the best drinks to order while you're in New Orleans? Okay, so this is Fender. I've heard there are five cocktails that originated in New Orleans, but I really think that the three most important are the Hurricane, the Sazerac, and the Ramos Gin Fizz. And um, there is the Hurricane. There's a certain spot that everybody goes to. (laughs) I guess we're not naming it. uh, Just off of Bourbon Street. And they come in like these tall, crazy glasses, and they're just like a hangover. You have to go to Lafitte's blacksmith shop and get a hurricane um, because it's the oldest continuously operating bar in the city. Uh, in the country, I think. In the country, yeah, that's true. That's still a bar. I think there's some buildings that still exist. Yeah, um, I heard the rumor that even during Prohibition, it was um, it was a mechanic shop, but they always had liquor. But they always had booze in the back. <laughs> um, and then the Sazerac, uh, there's a bar just outside of the quarter. There's a, a hotel called the Roosevelt, and it's very fancy, and it's beautiful. And if you happen to be here during Christmas, you have to go because they just do 
over the top decoration decorations, but they have like the Sazerac bar. Um, and Maloney knows a good story about that. Like what the, the storm in the Sazerac. Yeah. 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 Um, it was, uh, women weren't allowed for years and years and years. And I think it wasn't until like the forties where it was at Mardi Gras and the women stormed the Sazerac and they came in and demanded to be served too. And then it always, <laughs> it was always different after that. And now every year on that day, uh, women dress in like period clothes and, uh, they come in and, and re reenact it <laughs> and demand Sazeracs, which uh, you know, I feel like that's activism for sure that I could get behind. Um, <laughs> And then as far as the Ramos Gin Fizz, like I, there are several places. Um, if you're just bopping around the quarter, I would say maybe like Brennan's does a good one. The Bombay Club is like a gin bar. So that's kind of like a great spot to do. But that's like a kind of a unique drink. It has like egg white in it. It's called a flip. So it's like really creamy and it's got like a great head on it. But I don't know. You got to make sure like maybe don't order that one when it's like 95 degrees outside. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of those specialized drinks you do want to do a tiny bit of research on because not every bar is going to have the ingredients to make a good Sazerac. That's true. And you want your Sazerac experience to be important. Exactly. It was a, it was uh, from the history books the first cocktail invented ever uh, by a pharmacist using bitters. Um, before that, we were just drinking straight booze. I know, like ice, dummies. I what were we thinking? <laughs> Which I think is really important because like it's it sounds like when you're planning your trip to New Orleans, like you should really be crafting your trip so that you're actually going to the places that are authentic and you're going to have a better experience than if you order a drink and it's really not what they specialize in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you could like, you know, you, we see people all the time walking around with like the fish bowls and stuff like that. And that is definitely a part of the New Orleans experience and like no judgment for I mean a little bit of judgment not that much judgment for doing that but like seek out the good stuff because we have like Maloney was saying we've got like 300 years of history there's like so much here um and and that extends to food and drink for sure what are your favorite foods to eat while you're in the city well you gotta eat seafood and the only and I guess the one I will say is as crawfish people want to try and you have to eat that in season if you try and eat that out of season it's going to be frozen crawfish from like Vietnam yeah 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 so that's um typically from February to wait or January maybe it depends uh January to like May I think yeah it's like early spring early early, spring early, early around Mardi Gras time you can usually get it which is great but don't eat it out of season. Yeah. I can't emphasize that enough. But there's some other things like I don't eat oysters. I I'm love oysters. <laughs> you have to go to Felix's. Everyone's going to tell you to go to Acme. Felix's is fantastic. They just redid their upstairs. You can sit at, and always sit at the bar if you're an oyster person. Sit at the bar because these guys are like back there chatting with you, telling you, you know, stories or whatever and like tossing you an extra oyster every now and then. Um, and those are the guys you can definitely ask, Oh, what do you do in town? What do locals do? Yeah. I'll like where is there a show? What's happening? And then they'll, yeah, exactly. This is like one of the more touristy things, but I still send people there all the time is Cafe du Monde because it is a really fun experience. And But the thing you can do, the the insider tip for Cafe du Monde is it is open 24 hours a day. So if you can manage to eat your beignet in the middle of the night, you don't have to wait. <laughs> like maybe it's your, uh, you know, sober up a snack before you're heading back to the Airbnb or something. Um, and you pop in and get a table and get your beignets and you, you know, don't have to wait for the nighttime's kind of a cute experience. It's very different than waiting in that more early morning line. Yeah. Oh, and, um, there's a little window you can go and see like how they're made. If you just kind of duck out behind the restaurant, they've got like a to go window and, um, you can just kind of like watch the magic happen. 
But we really wouldn't recommend to take them to go. You got to eat them hot. Oh, yeah. Eat them hot in there. Don't take those home. I mean, there's so much good food. I'm just like... It was hard to narrow it down for our map, really. Like, what are the dishes we have to, like, really... Oh, I know. Uh, Like, we talked about red beans and rice. That's, like, a classic dish. It's something uh, traditionally you you eat on Mondays in New Orleans because it would be the day you put the big pot on, do the laundry, and uh, just let the beans uh, simmer all day. Uh, So I just get them from my corner store. It's just a little bodega down the street, and that's a surprise, but I love them, and they're some of the best. Yeah. You don't have to spend a lot of money for the good food here. And one of the good things, we have huge portion sizes here. Like, it's crazy how much food they give you. So if if you are staying in an Airbnb or, like, a, a guest house or something, like, having a refrigerator is so good because you can do leftovers. Yeah. And uh, do you guys have, like, places that you recommend to actually stay? The NOLA Hotel Group we're working with now, they just opened uh, the first hostel, oh, yeah. which is something that is completely – it's funny that it's a new thing to New Orleans because it seems like it would make a lot of sense. But um, we're going to go explore that, actually. Yeah, we're going this on week. Tuesday. Yeah, and it's cute. Like we did a little walkthrough. They've got um, so that's well, that's actually that's a great um, money saving tip because they're on the streetcar line, so you can get back and forth from the quarter, and you can get over to you know the Garden District Magazine Street, like cute shopping and stuff. Um, and it's like four to a room. You you know if you're traveling with a group, you can just book out that room. It's going to be like a half or a third of the price of a hotel. And they've got like this cute little lobby that has like DJs and drink specials. And it's kind of like a gathering space. Like I think they have like a vision of like European hostels, which are kind of like hubs for nightlife. And like, you know, that's a great way to just meet people and start, you know, a new adventure and all that good stuff. Um, That place. And then uh, Catahoula also has a guest room that um, you can book out for like a group of four, which is handy. Um, Airbnb has been uh, regulated a lot in the city. And so you can't do it in the French quarter anymore, but that's cool. Cause it's all around the Marigny, um, the Bywater, you can get Airbnb. It's, an, it's a good way to get money a little bit more directly into people. Yeah. Like most, so what I would recommend for Airbnb is, um, you know, just kind of see like, there are companies that own a bunch of them. Um, so I, I do this whenever I'm trying to book, uh, I try to, book with a host that actually is just like a person and not, um, you know, a a management company or something like that, that has like a dozen Airbnbs. Yeah. And you always can know that it's very local. If it's a shared room, if you're, if you're staying in the house with the people, that's like a good way to know that you're not going to get that. Exactly. That big management feel. Right. Well, ladies, this was so much fun. I learned a lot and I will have all the links to all the places that uh, Fender Maloney shared with us in the show notes. So, ladies, what's next for you guys and how can we connect with you? Oh, so I'm, we're going to Denver. We're going to Great American Beer Fest out in Denver. And you can you should follow us on Instagram, Traveler Broads, and check out our blog, TravelerBroads.com. Easy to remember. Yeah, Danielle, we'll be waiting for you here. I know, and we're waiting for you. (laughs) We got a spot on the couch for you. So, what'd you think? I am so pumped and ready to pack my bags and head over to New Orleans sometime real soon. Here are my top four takeaways from that chat with Fender and Maloney. Number one, look at the calendar first. If there's events happening like Jazz Fest, Mardi Gras, Essence, Decadence, or Halloween, prices are going to be a lot more expensive. So consider traveling during the off-season. 
Number two, you're allowed to drink on the streets, which means that if you're not really into spending a lot of money for bar hopping, there is a cheaper alternative. You can go to the grocery store or you can go to a liquor store and, you know, fix yourself up a drink. Number three, always sit at the bar if you're at the Oyster Bar. And that's a great way to also, you know, chop it up with the bartenders to hear more about what's happening in town and what things there are to do, right? And lastly, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get good food in NOLA. Maloney talked about heading over to her favorite bodega and getting some red beans and rice. The portion sizes are really, really great. And, you know, she loved that. So those are my biggest takeaways from that chat. And I think there's lots of ways to save money. And I look forward to seeing what they're up to next. Now, next time on the show, we're going to be talking to Ogechi from One Savvy Dollar about her student loan journey and how you can take advantage of tuition reimbursement programs at your employer to save you money on your education. So that's all for today. And I thank you so much for listening to Thought Card. And I look forward to connecting with you. Until next time. Bye.